0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is believed. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA Draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit
1: Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was
0: absolutely sensational.
1: I don't know what went into that process.
0: I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit
1: basketball! Welcome, Pistons fans, to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. I'm Jasper Apollonia, your host for today, uh... And I'm joined by Aaron Johnson. Unfortunately, we are missing Mike Anglano. That is why I'm hosting today. And also because if Aaron had to host one more time, uh, I think he was gonna snap. So, Aaron, how are you doing today?
0: I'm feeling good. You know, didn't want to have to crumble under pressure having to host today. Um, you know, was hoping Mike was gonna be here, but you know, you dutifully stepped up and are gonna host. So hopefully things will go a little bit smoother. And let's talk about those windless pistons.
1: Yeah, man. Well, I'm you know I'm I'm glad you could put me in the forefront to to fail in your stead, uh, <laughs> make you look better by comparison. Honestly, smart move. Uh, so we have a a big podcast in, in front of us. Uh, Pistons have played I believe three times since the last time we spoke, Aaron, and uh, it's been it's been tough so far, but on the upside relief is around the corner. Cade Cunningham should be back tomorrow after the Pistons have gone a really really tough to watch 0 and 4 so far on the season. But first, we should talk about our sponsor for this week, Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile version of the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Fifty B BLEAV50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game
0: starts. Nine and seven yesterday uh, in bets, three and one in the Pistons game. I uh, just should have stayed away from the Knicks game. I went one and three in that one, um, but a good day for me. Desmond Bain also did well for me. He kind of saved my night. I was very worried. Uh, he had zero points in the first quarter. I had him at over 13 and a half points and over two and a half three-pointers made. He ended up finishing with 19 points, and I think he made like four or five three-pointers. So, uh, But the Pistons bets, I'll give you those real quick, What um, what I got right. I had... Killian Hayes under four and a half assists. So I won that one. He had four assists. I had Killian Hayes under two and a half turnovers. He had one turnover. I had a uh, Sadiq Bay over 21 and a half points and rebounds. Uh, he was at, I don't know, that was not going to hit until he made like some miraculous three pointers in the, in the fourth. Yeah. He barely beat it. Yeah. He, he actually ended up clearing it like by a, by a handful, but it, it took late in the game to get there. And then the one that I missed was Jeremy Grant at over 18 and a half. I'm going to keep playing that one though. I just feel like this Pistons team has such a, a low f- scoring floor around him. I will play that, that number from, you know, 17 and a half, 18. And a half. I'll play that every day of the week, um, well, you know, until it gets above 20 or so. Well, Aaron, you're not
1: joking about that offensive uh, struggles. It's been a slog through four games. Aaron, here, here's something that uh, I was shocked by, just perusing the, the team stats pages on NBA.com, which I have to say, if, if you are somebody that writes about the NBA or just tweets about it online, likes to put out statistics, likes to find out things about your team, go to the NBA.com stats website. It is, it, it has everything you need for the most part. Of course, you know, synergy has some different stuff, but the NBA.com stats site is awesome. And while I was looking it over today, I could not believe what I saw. Do you know what the Pistons offensive rating on the season is so far, Aaron? I'm going to go with around bad. Yeah, it's, um, it's abysmal. Here's how bad it is their offensive rating on the season so far 94.0 that's points per 100 possessions the that is last in the nba the 29th ranked team in the nba the new orleans pelicans are at 100.2 the 16th ranked offense in the nba the miami heat are at 106.5 do you know what that means aaron that means that the difference between the Detroit Pistons and the 29th ranked offense in the NBA is as great as the difference between the 29th ranked team in the NBA and the 16th ranked team in the NBA offensively. They are putrid. It's difficult to describe how awful they are, Aaron. It's, it's horrible. And, and uh, at this point, you know, their defense has played pretty well. They're middle of the pack, uh, 105 in terms of defensive rating. So they've been okay. But that means that other teams have also kind of gotten bogged down in the muck with them. These games have been really ugly to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Pistons don't play an appealing brand of basketball. And I think it's it, it starts with them just not, hitting shots. This is a team that has not shot in the three-pointer well uh, throughout the season. I mean, yesterday against the Sixers, they were 13 of 33. And again, that was largely due to Sadiq Bay making three three three-pointers late in the fourth quarter to just kind of like salvage that percentage because they were, they, they were really bad. And in the game before that against Atlanta, they didn't make a three-pointer until I think, either super late in the first quarter or midway through the second quarter. It was one of those two. And I mean, I believe it was that... the second, I believe it was the second
1: quarter. It, yeah.
0: yeah. This is a team that just doesn't shoot the ball. Well, um, and in theory, they have guys that make three pointers, Sadiq Bay, Frank Jackson, Jeremy Grant, uh, Kelly O'Linick, just to name a few, but guys like Olinick are not shooting the ball. Well, he's getting all of his points on, you know, in the post or when he's, doing those weird pull-up mid-range shots that for some reason are a thing. Um, I mean, Sadiq Bay is getting mo- the majority of his buckets outside of yesterday's fourth quarter, down low, in the paint, driving to the basket, posting up. Same thing with Jeremy Grant. Uh, they're, th- these guys just aren't hitting three-pointers. And Frank Jackson yesterday made a couple, but before that he had not made a three-pointer yet, and I think he's widely considered to be the best Pistons three-point shooter Corey Joseph has been poor from beyond the arc. The, the guys that can hit three-pointers just are not hitting three-pointers. That's a problem when Killian Hayes is, you know, two of five from the three-point line, and that's your best three-point shooter in a game or your second best three-point shooter in a game. Um, that is certainly a problem. I, I will say the Pistons have gotten better with turning the ball over. That was more of a problem in the preseason and in the first couple of games of the year, but they have protected the ball really well. They're just simply not making shots, and uh, they're not – always getting the best looks and they're just simply missing. And that's, I don't know what that can be attributed to really right now. I mean, we're only four games in and I don't think the offense is has as run been run greatly, but I, I think also it just comes down to these guys just literally are not making the shots and it it stymies the offense when you go multiple possessions with miss after miss after miss.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, as a coach, when your team is shooting, uh, what, I, I believe they're shooting 26% from three-point range. There's really not much you can do about that, especially when a lot of these are open looks. And it's not like Dwayne Casey hasn't thrown in any sort of wrinkles, hasn't thrown in any sort of, uh, you know, set offensive plays to get guys' looks. They're just not hitting shots right now. Uh, the Pistons, uh, true shooting percentage, of course, last in the league, under 50%, which is awful. Uh, Same with their effective field goal percentage, uh, 45.5%. Just really, really bad offensive numbers right now for the Detroit Pistons. And while we're saying, you know, hopefully uh, relief is around the corner, Cade Cunningham, the plan supposedly has been for him to return tomorrow night against the Orlando Magic, but... There is no official date set yet for Cade Cunningham's return to the Pistons. He's practicing with the Motor City Cruise throughout the week, practicing with Detroit today. Uh, Troy Weaver did say last week that the target date was tomorrow against the Orlando Magic, but Dwayne Casey said last night there is no official date. I will say, selfishly, as someone who has tickets uh, to see the Pistons play the Nets on Sunday night, I sort of hope he doesn't play tomorrow. Uh, just so he will play on Sunday. But that's just me being completely selfish. Uh, another little bit of Pistons news. The Motor City crews have agreed to deal with the Santa Cruz Warriors to acquire the player rights to uh, former Michigan state center, Deontay Davis. Does that, uh, does that move the needle for you whatsoever, Aaron?
0: Well, I was at the Motor City Cruise media day uh, earlier this week. Um, firstly on Kate Cunningham in that regard all of the the players and and we talked to the coach DJ Baker and uh, the general manager Rob Murphy everyone spoke incredibly highly of of Cunningham and it sounds like he was you know doing well with the team granted it was their first day of training camp so that was the first kind of go around that they had with him but everyone said like it was a really good experience and he was you know playing well and it helped the team Um, so it sounded like that was going well after one one day of training camp uh, one day of practice um, but no the Crusoe talked about needing to get more size and that's what they that was one of their key reasons that they drafted Jalen Johnson with their first round draft pick uh, this past weekend and the roster still needed more size you look at that roster and they just didn't have a ton of height they didn't have a ton of big men so Deontay Davis is gonna help in that role and I think look if you're trying to take stabs at guys that may end up playing minutes for you and with the Detroit Pistons like Deontay Davis is a guy that could end up on a 10-day contract this is a Detroit team in terms of the Pistons that does not have a ton of size does not have a ton of big man depth and if Davis is playing well he is a seven foot big uh, you know he he had a successful career with the Michigan State Spartans obviously has not been able to really latch on in the NBA um, but if he's playing well in the G league and the Pistons need a big, like that's a guy that I could certainly see them going to given his prior NBA experience. So, you know, I think it's good for the crews. I think it's just another potential, uh you know, roster move for the Pistons in terms of again, them needing it, some help if they are ever, ever dealing with big man injuries. But it seems like the Pistons are also very comfortable with playing Luca Garza uh, as, as we've seen so far, even against some of the best centers in the league like Joel Embiid, um but no it's it's a it's a fine move and I think it'll help the crews and it's a safety valve option for the Pistons
1: yeah that uh seeing suing Luca Garza and Joel Embiid go at it last night was was I have to say one of the highlights of the game that was that was pretty fun and Aaron we should mention on here that Palace of Pistons is credentialed to cover the Motor City Cruise this year so we will be Uh, Trying to attend as many games as many practices as possible, bringing you as much news as we can on the Motor City Cruise this season. We're very excited to be doing that, and uh, I I know you are as well. I I wish I could be there in order to to cover them. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm a I'm a stinking uh, Brooklyn hipster, so (laughs) I, I will not be able to do that unless, of course, they come out here to play the Long Island Nets, and in which case, that's a that's a different discussion. Going into this weekend, Aaron, Pistons, as we've said already, are 0-4. Are you surprised by the way this team has has opened the year? Because we've been talking about it on the podcast since we were looking at the opening to the schedule. We knew this was going to be a really,
0: really tough stretch to open the season for Detroit. Look, the Pistons were a lot funner to cover. Um, I don't even know if funner is a word, but... That it is now more a lot funner to cover um, when they start off the season 10 and three with Reggie Jackson, Tobias Harris, Andre Drummond. Like that was a lot more fun to be around than an Owen four start. You don't have the number one pick playing. There's just that slow grimy sort of basketball that's being played. And look, I, I, I think we all were expecting the Pistons to maybe not be as good as it was once hope once we heard Cade Cunningham was not going to be on the court with them, but I still think this is, is pretty bad. This is essentially the same roster from last year without Cade Cunningham. And the Pistons found ways to stay in games, scrap through games, make it competitive. And they're just not doing that as much this year. And they're not playing with that same sort of underdog mentality playing, you know, every minute hard, um, look, I I think the Pistons have had a tough schedule to start the year. The Chicago Bulls are a good team. Obviously, the Philadelphia Sixers, 76ers, even without Ben Simmons are a good team. Um, the Pistons have not had an easy schedule to start the year. I'm not even sure if them. I needed them to win a game in these first four games. I needed them to look a little bit more competitive, a little bit more like a team that has some semblance of playing together before, which that starting lineup does, and those guys do because they were on the roster, all those guys last year, and that's just not been the case. So I, I'm a little bit surprised um, with how bad the Pistons have started, with or without them having a win. I, I'd say it's been a little bit rocky.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, hey, they, they played a, a tough first game against the Chicago Bulls. They played, and last night's game, the final score was not really indicative of what happened throughout most of the game, which was essentially the Pistons getting their their faces pushed in. Um, Joel Embiid bullied Isaiah Stewart last night. It, it was honestly difficult to watch at times, and this is something that I do want to get into at some point with the with the Pistons, which is, you know, I, Isaiah Stewart to my eyes has not looked has not looked very good so far this season. I, I have to say, um, he looks very hesitant with his shot. He looks. Just, he, he looks like, unfortunately, what I said I thought his ceiling kind of is in this league, which is a good backup set. He looks like, you know, potentially a rich man's Ed Davis. But right now, he's not really affecting the glass. He's not really, he's playing fine defense, but not outstanding defense. And certainly not good enough defense to offset his lack of shooting, his lack of aggressiveness on the interior And I think Isaiah Stewart's struggles kind of speak to what the Pistons have looked like so far this season versus last year. Last year, he kind of came in with this big chip on his shoulder almost, with like something to prove. And every single game Isaiah Stewart went out there, he was fighting his butt off and, you know, not not taking anything from any other center. He would go up against any other player, any other big and try and impose his will, even though he's undersized, even though he was a rookie. And, and this year, you haven't really gotten that same, that same fight, that same chip on the shoulder, that same kind of intensity from both him and the team as a whole. And it's really making for a less enjoyable watch. Like you said, they faced four, three difficult teams. They, they did face the, the Bulls twice. Uh, and the Bulls are a tough team, uh, even though they did fall to the Knicks last night. Bing bong for, for all you Knicks fans out there. Uh, the Knicks tried so hard to lose that game, by the way. They really did. Uh, and hey, Philly tried to lose that game last night. Yeah. Uh, the Pistons should not have been in that game as much as they were, because like I said, they played a competitive first quarter. And then for the next two 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 and a half quarters, they got basically destroyed. To be um, fair,
0: Doc Rivers was trying incredibly hard to not have to bring his starters back in, and a lot of that comeback came against that second second unit. He was trying to save Embiid, he was trying to save Tobias Harris, but even so, I mean, even once they came back on and out on the court later in the fourth, I mean, the Pistons still kind of kept fighting and and made it close. So you got to give props there as well. Definitely, and that's another topic that I would like to get into a
1: big part of that comeback. Um, even though Dwayne Casey also was kind of in that doc rivers, like, well, I don't want to put my starters back in, uh, if I don't have to mold because, uh, the, the Pistons backups were getting just destroyed. I, I believe at one point they were in a like 22 point hole. Um, and Dwayne Casey was taking timeouts and then just throwing the same five guys right. back out there. Uh-huh. And I was like, Dwayne, I, I love you, man. But uh maybe do something. Like I understand stability is important, but this is the beginning of the season. You're without your ostensibly the guy who's supposed to be your best player. Uh, maybe switch things up a little bit, experiment a little bit, maybe put Josh Jackson in with your backups and Hamadou Diallo in with your starters because you need the playmaking with the second unit and the starters need another slasher, but whatever. I you know, I'm not no, an NBA coach for a please. reason.
0: We were getting Dang. tweets that we needed that the Pistons that Dwayne Casey should keep the rotation the same every time, even though the Pistons were down twenty, and the bench unit was only digging the Pistons hole deeper. Uh, the yeah. Pistons apparently didn't need the, the, the guys bench. that were having the best games for the team, such as Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, Jeremy Grant on the court. Uh, they needed guys like Corey Joseph and Hamadou Diallo out there.
1: Well, uh, look, they needed Trey Lyles out there. He's their best three-point shooter through four games of the season. So, jeez, <laughs> who yeah, Um, Yeah, that was, that was kind of cracking me up. Uh, I mean, look, the bench unit has not played well since the first game of the season. And I don't think that it was a surprise that when Dwayne Casey made the switch in the fourth quarter at the very end, from Isaiah Stewart to Kenny Olinick, Kelly Olenek, excuse me, in the starting lineup, the Pistons looked significantly better, uh, and they made that comeback. But a big part of that comeback, as I was saying, was led by the much maligned Killian Hayes. Uh, Sadiq Bey also played a large part in it, but Killian played really well, I thought, last night, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, like you said with your bet, Only one turnover. I think that was really nice to see from him. And some of the passes he made were really excellent. There was a wide open three to Sadiq Bay, um, which wasn't like a big play. He simply caught the ball and then swung it into the corner. But the lack of hesitation from Killian Hayes and the zip on that pass, boy, that was really nice to see. Aaron, uh, 12 points against Atlanta, hit two threes against them, three assists, no turnovers. Last night, nine points, five rebounds, four assists, four steals, and only one one turnover. Aaron, is Killian Hayes starting to turn it around as Cade Cunningham makes his way back into this rotation?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're still not fully there with Killian Hayes. Like, there's still some progressions that need to happen. But it's really encouraging these past two games that he's finally starting to play more aggressive. He's finally starting to get more assertive. And that is a great part. But what makes it even better is that he's doing so without turning the basketball over. Like you can see guys start to press and they try to get more aggressive and they try to expand on themselves, but they end up just making wild passes, taking bad shots. That's not what Killian Hayes is doing. He's getting more aggressive while taking Good shots, making the right passes, making the right reads. And those are encouraging signs. The three-point shooting, he had he was two for five against Atlanta yesterday. He was only one of four, but the one that he made was a big shot. And he had another big shot late where he put the ball in the deck, drove to the basket past Joel Embiid. And the only reason uh, it didn't count was because there was a phantom foul where Joel Embiid fell over Seth Curry, and it was called as a foul on Kelly Olinick. And You know, I I think Killian Hayes is starting to make the right progressions as, again, someone that was very high on Hayes in the pre-draft process, dating all the way back to January of that year, before the Pistons were even like being talked about as a lottery team or, you know, being talked about as a team that's going to have to start a rebuild. I was high on Killian Hayes just in general for whoever was going to get one of the top picks in the draft. So I have always felt that Killian Hayes can certainly be more than what he has been through the first 28 games of his career but game 29 and game 30 for him were both steps in the right direction if he's more confident if he's taking the right shots if he's trying to go to the basket and not just looking to immediately kick out if he's going there with the intention to try to be a th- scoring threat going at the rim and not falling away like these are all progressions that need to happen and quite frankly this is a Pistons offense that needs more scoring threats you weren't getting scoring opportunities out of Josh Jackson or Isaiah Stewart yesterday. And Jeremy Grant had a pretty slow game as well. And Sadiq Bay did not have a very good game until the fourth quarter. He had a couple baskets in the first and then nothing in the second, nothing really in the third, his explosion came in the fourth. Killian was one of the only guys that throughout the entire game was getting a couple looks at different points throughout. And they need more aggressors on that side of the ball he's had a little bit of a tougher moment defensively like the Atlanta game against Trey Young Trey absolutely took him to school Trey Young is going to do that to most defenders even good defenders Bruce um, Brown remember Bruce Brown oh got my cooked God. by
1: Trey Young a couple times and Bruce yes. Brown's a good defender so
0: yes but the offensive progression from Killian Hayes is just it, it's very very encouraging the Pistons need to continue to involve him or need to continue to give him that type of opportunity. I mean, he played 31 minutes yesterday. I'd like to see him stay around that number. I think he could even play a couple more, um, if, if, especially if he's playing well. like If, if he's lo- playing locked in, if he's staying in the game, like there's no reason to play Corey Joseph over him. Killian Hayes, when he's locked in, is a better player than Corey Joseph, and If Killian Hayes is playing confident, he needs to be out on the court because he's doing things over these last two games that are going to be very important for the Pistons moving forward. And I think it's going to get magnified when Kay Cunningham comes back and the defense can put even less pressure on Killian Hayes. It's going to only open up his game even more so.
1: Yeah, Aaron, I I think that's a good point. You know, 31 minutes. And I think you can make the argument that if he plays 33 minutes last night, the Pistons win that game. Uh, just based on his performance in the fourth quarter, if he comes in a couple minutes earlier, just based on the, the intensity of his defense. And, you know, we, 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 a lot has been made, I mean, over his three-point shooting. If there's one thing you hear over and over again, it's, can he shoot? Can he shoot? Will he develop this shot? But for me, and I've maintained this for a while now, for me, more important than that even, is his ability to score inside of the three-point line score inside of the paint and play high level defense because it whether he scores or not if he can't do those first two things he's not going to be able to stay in the league period so if he can play high level defense if he can pass really well if he can score in the paint he'll maintain a role on this team in this league uh, and the three-point shot can come when it comes. Last night was really encouraging for me, and I do want to say, I don't think he actually played that poor of defense against Trey Young. I think Trey Young just hit shots, and sometimes that happens in this league. This is a league where good offense will beat good defense every single day of the week. Um, Last night, Killian Hayes did a lot of the small things that we've been asking for him for a while. He got involved in terms of switching on defense. He played some awesome post defense on tobias harris last night tobias harris needed to play a big role for the for the 76ers last night and he wasn't able to and the pistons played some really nice switch defense on him and whenever killian hayes was on him he took that role he took that task and played it really well he was wrestling with tobias harris when he was getting into passing lanes he was creating turnovers four steals for killian hayes last night that was really big um he did a great job of fighting over screens, getting underneath screens. I thought that the way that he navigated the screens last night was really, really good. Joel Embiid is a great screen setter. And and when you're getting put on those switches, that can be really tough to navigate, especially for a young and experienced guard. I thought Killian did a great job with that. The other thing was finishing. And last night he had three three layups. Uh, I am going to count the one that he scored at the end of the game because that. Foul call, offensive foul call on Kelly Olinick was unconscionable. Unconscionable. Not only was it the wrong call, but you take into account the situation and where Killian Hayes was on the floor. He already had the layup. Nothing Kelly Olinick would have done in that situation would have affected the shot whatsoever. Terrible, terrible call that really handed Philly the game. Anyway, I thought Killian driving past his defenders and finishing in the lane. That was so refreshing to see because the first two games of the season, there was multiple times where he, you know, got Lonzo ball on his hip and instead of finishing at the rim, he decided to fade away and he didn't do that last night. Um, So seeing that, that aggressiveness from Killian, seeing him get more comfortable, seeing him play more of his game with the quick passes and the drives into the lane, the aggressive defense, that to me is a really positive sign for his growth and, I really love to see it, Aaron. I have to say, uh, if they can bring back Cade Cunningham and Cade can provide the scoring threat that they so desperately need, especially from outside, I think that is only going to elevate Killian Hayes' game further. And when you bring in the defense, like you can see right now, if Cade Cunningham comes in and is an impactful defender in the backcourt, in the front court, just like Killian was last night against the Sixers. This is going to be the biggest pain in the ass team to play against in the NBA. And I can't wait because I don't know if you watch the Spurs at all. You know how like Deontay Murray and, and uh, Derek white just make life hell for opposing point guards and shooting guards. This team can do that on an even bigger scale. I really believe they can.
0: Yeah. I mean, just in general, the, the anticipation is swelling for for Kate Cunningham to play for this team. The Pistons desperately need him. It, it, it should open up a lot for them. I, I still don't want to stress. I think I think people are a little too are expecting too much from it. Like he is going to absolutely help this team, but I think people are expecting that Kate Cunningham is going to return and the Pistons are all of a sudden going to be. Every night, favorites to win, and and that's just not going to be the case. Like, we just need people need to dial back their expectations a little bit in terms of how much he will affect the team in the win column. He will affect the team more so in encore performance, but not enough to change the win column. This team still has some fundamental flaws, starting with their offense that we have talked about so much today. That is going to limit that them from being a legitimate threat to win a lot of games.
1: Well Aaron so here's my question to you. Uh, I I agree. I don't think that Kate Cunningham's going to make them into a winning team. This is a lottery team. Period. And uh, I know in the offseason we were really positive maybe this team will make a play. No, they're not going to make a play even with Kate Cunningham. But uh, do you think it's an unrealistic expectation to say okay, Kate Cunningham's going to come in and they're not going to be a good offense. But they're simply going to be a bad offense instead of by far the worst offense in the nba is that a reasonable expectation for kate cunningham because like i said as of right now the the difference between them and the second worst offense in the nba is as great a difference as the second worst offense in the nba and a middle of the pack offense in the
0: nba yeah i think kate will. I, think cert- like, I just think he'll certainly help offensively like they will get better there because he's another scoring threat. Like having him on the court for 30 minutes a night instead of Josh Jackson or, you know, Hamidou Diallo, like. Or Frank Josh, Jackson,
1: or Frank, or Frank Jackson, Jackson even. But
0: I still think he's very important because he's got it. As long as he's hitting shots, he's just a floor spacer that has to be out on the floor because he's a guy that's going to get you nine points a night if he's hitting his threes because he's going to get the attempts. Um, I think but having Kate out there over someone that isn't always a guaranteed offensive contributor like Diallo or like Josh Jackson, like a guy that takes pressure off of Jeremy Grant takes pressure off of Killian Hayes takes pressure off of Sadiq Bay is another guy that can score in different situations and ISOs and post-ups. It's just another guy you could run offense through and he is going to elevate their offense. He's a good three-point shooter. He was a 40% three-point shooter in college. Like, there are just so many things to his game that are going to help the Pistons offense. Where I still don't think they're going to be top half of the league, but they can be league average, right? The offense? Yeah. If they get to
1: league average, then he is a god among men because they, I mean, dude, the difference between their offense right now and league average is 12 points. Yeah. 12 but, points per 100 possessions. I feel do- a massive, that's huge. If they get to a league average offense and their defensive rating stays the same, they have a positive net rating on the
0: season. The shooting has to turn around for Detroit at some point. It does have to. It's like yes, Frank Jackson, the addition of Kay Cunningham, Kelly Like At some point, these guys are going to start hitting three-pointers at a better clip. And I know we're going to talk about this still, but Jeremy Grant is also going to start to play better offensively in – the Pistons offense with Kate is going to open that up for him as much as it's going to open itself up for Killian Hayes or Sadiq Bay. So maybe they don't get to league average, but they shouldn't be a bottom five, a bottom 10 offense with, if they're healthy. You know, if they're still playing halfway through the season with a bunch of guys missing time here and there, that's a different story. But if they're healthy, the shooting should come around. The addition to Kate, Huntingham, Kate Cunningham, like these things should correct the offense at a somewhat of a significant level. Well, you know, Aaron, and and we
1: will, let's get into our final topic in just a second. I I will say this. I think if Cade Cunningham back comes back and just turns them into, I mean, like the 25th worst offense in the NBA, um, they're actually going to win some games and they're going to, they're going to, be really competitive because I think he's also going to help their defense, which is already league average. I think he can absolutely elevate that defense into a top 10 defense. So look, if they can just have a bad offense and a really good defense, I think things are going to turn around pretty quickly, actually. And and people are going to be surprised by how soon they start winning these games because um, that defense is legit. Like they've played, some really good offenses so far and they've looked defensively at least they've looked up to the task. So if they can get that offensive rating up to like a hundred and one points per 100, and they can get that defensive rating down from one Oh five to one Oh three. Well then we're, we're talking like, yeah, a bad team, a lottery team, but like definitely not the worst team in the NBA by any stretch of the imagination. Um, So moving on to our our final topic, one player who we've been talking about, uh, you know, Killian Hayes kind of elevating his game so far, one player whose game has kind of regressed so far, unfortunately, especially compared to how he started last season, Jeremy Grant uh, has not played very well so far, Uh, I believe on the season. He is averaging a a total of uh, a little under 16 points, uh, six rebounds, two assists per game. Uh, He's shooting a putrid 34% from the floor, 30% from three. It's not been very good so far. Aaron, should the Pistons be concerned? Is this a sign of regression? Is this something they should be worried about long-term? Or is this simply like the rest of the team, we're assuming, a early season shooting slump that, that, the return of Cade Cunningham and just a little bit of time are going to fix.
0: You talk to me at game 20, if this is still an issue, if this is the same type of Jeremy Grant that we're seeing, like, I'm not going to overreact to four games. Like just like I'm not going to overreact to Killian Hayes's past two solid games. I'm not going to be over- overreact to four games from Jeremy Grant. Like he was obviously a very good player last season, took a major step forward and this year, it's not been that same case, but he's also drawing a lot more attention defensively. Um, you know, teams are really honing in on him and making guys like Josh Jackson or Frank Jackson take shots that they have not been making. Uh, so it allows the defense to really isolate on Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bey. And Jeremy Grant hasn't been able to work out of that yet. And maybe that's the next step for him. Uh, is being able to handle double teams and being able to handle more attention, catching the ball in the post and having to make a play. But I'm not concerned about the slow shooting. Uh, He's gotten a couple of tough whistles. It seems like that's usually the case with him though. So I'm not sure if we can count on that to change, Um, but that game against Philadelphia, I mean, there were at least three plays where the the, the, the possession ends in a Jeremy Grant missed shot, but in reality, he should have been at the free throw line, taking two free throws. And, I'm not concerned about it. It's four games. Kate Cunningham again is going to help in regards to getting Jeremy Grant going a little bit. Um, Jeremy Grant had a really slow preseason last year and uh, myself included. The reaction was the sky is falling. Like this was a horrible signing. No idea what Troy we was doing. And then Jeremy Grant two weeks later was playing incredible um, so we'll see. I, am not worried about it. Talk to me around. Yeah. Game 20, game 25. If this is still the case, Jeremy Grant still is not shooting better than 40% from the field. And, uh, you know, the Pistons aren't able to run offense through him. Like talk to me then I'm not going to fret about it after four games, uh, especially when the Pistons are missing what may be their best player or is probably their second best player.
1: Yeah. I, I'm with you on this a hundred percent. Aaron talk to me after like game 20, game 25, uh, it's small sample size, and like you said, teams are absolutely honing in on him on defense. Uh, I see a lot of criticism over Jeremy Grant kind of forcing up shots, and I think that some of that is absolutely warranted. But another big part of that is simply other players on this team are not scoring more efficiently than he is, and a lot of them are just not scoring at all. They don't have the ability to do it. Like, you're seeing Kelly Olynyk with just – the green light to end all green lights. And, um, that's not because he's earned it necessarily. It's because they don't really have anyone else. I'm way more concerned about guys like, like Isaiah Stewart, who I, I do have to say maybe I'm being a little tough on him because he cost me a six leg parlay last night. I was really mad about that. I, I would have <laughs> won a nice chunk of change uh, if he had just gotten four more rebounds, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm more, I'm more concerned about guys who are showing like a lack of aggressiveness so far. So I'm more worried about him. Um, I, I'm, I'm more worried about, you know, Hamadou Diallo looking completely directionless out there. I'm more worried about Corey Joseph looking like he's Corey Joseph again, and not the guy that they traded for and then re-signed. Um, I'm more worried about Frank Jackson not being able to hit shots and looking really just, just shaky on both ends of the court. That's what I'm more worried about than Jer- than Jeremy Grant not hitting shots. And um, yeah, as of right now, it's really just, it's difficult to evaluate this team without Cade Cunningham on the floor, because frankly, they're just so bad. They're so bad. And without Cade, you can't really get the full picture of, Of what this team is going to look like, not just for the rest of the season, but moving into next year as well, um, when they're likely going to be adding another top five pick into this rotation. Aaron, anything else you want to hit on today? I I think we've we've covered most of it.
0: No, I think, yeah, we hit on a lot. I mean, we got in more than I thought we were going to get into. So props to us, props to you for hosting a good show, way better than I would have done. Hopefully we can get Mike back next week. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about the Pistons with Kate Cunningham next week as well.
1: I can't wait. And hopefully I will have seen him in person live at the Barclays Center, but I'm not going to hold my breath, unfortunately. Aaron, thank you so much. And uh, we do hope we have Mike Anglano for you back next week hosting. It was always a pleasure. Aaron, thanks so much for being on here. Thank you once again to our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thank you, of course, to Believe Podcast Network for hosting us and to listeners like you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's all for us on this week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Once again, I'm Jasper Apollonia for Aaron Johnson and not with us, Megan Gilano. We'll catch you next week on the Palace of Pistons podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform.